Well, um, would you open to John chapter 12? <coughs> this is a verse that I've been thinking about, and uh, it kind of led off into some other areas, but I want to start there because that's where my thinking started. Uh, in relationship to this message. So John chapter 12. <clears throat> and uh, we'll begin with verse 27. Now my soul has become troubled... And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify thy name. There came therefore a voice out of heaven. I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The multitude therefore who stood by and heard it were saying that it had thundered. Others were saying, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, this voice has not come for my sake, but for your sakes. Let's pray. Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit now. We... desire that you would speak to us. We thank you that you are a God who speaks to people and especially to your people. So we pray that you would speak to each one of us here tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is one of three times in the ministry of Christ that we have at least recorded for us, one of three times where God spoke to him in an audible voice. God said to him, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Speaking of uh, the Lord's petition here, Father, glorify thy name. God spoke audibly into that situation. Um, The other times, uh, one was at uh, his baptism, the other was at the time of the transfiguration. Those were audible, the audible voice of God was heard here on earth. Um, Now, some people think if they could just hear the voice of God that they would uh, believe. You know, if God just would speak to me, I'd believe. Well, that's not so, at least not in terms of the physical, hearing a physical voice uh, from God. Here, Here were people standing here 
and God audibly spoke into that situation. Now you'd say, surely that would make a person believe. It didn't. Look at, look at what happened. The multitude, therefore, who stood by and heard it were saying that it had thundered. Others were saying, an angel has spoken to him. Even the audible voice of God from heaven can be misinterpreted. Um, here you have some people who gave it a natural interpretation. Uh, it thundered. Others gave it a supernatural interpretation. An angel was speaking. Both interpretations were wrong. The natural and the supernatural. They both missed it. Well, like I say, that's a verse that I've been thinking about and God just kind of took me from there off into some other area. And it, but it does have to do with the voice of God. Uh, the thought of God speaking audibly is a rare event. Uh, happened three times in the Lord's life, but not too many other times. It, it is recorded in the Scriptures, and there are some records of it in church history. But it's a rare event. But God speaking is not a rare event. God speaks everywhere at all times. And that's what I want to speak to you about tonight. Uh, the, the message would be called the speaking voice. And of course we're talking about the voice of God. The speaking voice of God, heard everywhere at all times. In my younger days as a uh, new Christian, I read uh, A.W. Tozer's book called The Pursuit of God. And one of the chapters in that book that had a big effect on me uh, and molded my thinking uh, in this area of God speaking was a chapter called The Speaking Voice. The Speaking Voice. If you haven't read The Pursuit of God, you should read it. If you haven't read that chapter, you should read it. Uh, even if you have read it, maybe you should read it again. It is a tremendous chapter, and I'm going to whet your appetite by reading some from it here this evening. But what, it, what that chapter deals with is the... <laughs> the universal speaking voice of God that all people hear and most people seek to suppress. I, I, it had uh, just the thoughts that Tozer had in there, you know, got me thinking, and I even wrote a couple poems related to that. I was back in my poem writing days. Uh, I might even read one of them to you tonight if I get brave enough. But uh, it, it's an incredible concept to think about. God is always speaking. It's not that he has spoken in the past or will speak in the future. When Christ comes again, he is speaking to people right now, every day. Um, well, let me... Let me uh, 
read a little bit from the, uh, that chapter. Self-expression is inherent in the Godhead. God is forever seeking to speak himself out to his creation. The whole Bible supports this idea. God is speaking. Not God spoke, but God is speaking. He is by his nature continuously articulate. He fills the world with his speaking voice. This universal voice of God was by the ancient Hebrews often called wisdom and was said to be everywhere sounding and searching throughout the earth, seeking some response from the sons of men. Now, I'm skipping around here in the chapter. This is not uh, the paragraphs as they flow. But <clears throat> this universal voice has ever sounded, and it has often troubled men even when they did not understand the source of their fears. Could it be that this voice distilling like a living mist upon the hearts of men has been the undiscovered cause of the troubled conscience and the longing for immortality confessed by millions since the dawn of recorded history? Of course, the answer is yes. That's, that's exactly what's caused those things. Um, he says, It is my own belief, and here I shall not feel bad if no one follows me, that Every good and beautiful thing which man has produced in the world has been the result of his faulty and sin-blocked response to this creative voice sounding over the earth. The moral philosophers who dream their high dreams of virtue, the religious thinkers who speculate about God and immorality, immortality, uh, the poets, the artists who create uh, out of the common stuff pure and lasting beauty, how can we explain them? Well, of course, he says the explanation is the speaking voice of God going forth. That great men may have missed God in, in his labors, that he may have spoken or written against God does not destroy the idea I'm advancing. In other words, even if they didn't acknowledge that this, this thought was by way of God's voice, God speaking to them, that, that's still the case, even if they didn't acknowledge it. So, whoever will listen will hear the speaking voice. So, those are just a few of the uh, thoughts there from, from that chapter. Uh, the voice of God is unavoidable, but it's mostly misinterpreted because counter to what people claim they really don't want to hear what God has to say. So when God does speak, they often will deny it altogether. Uh, the materialist, the uh, humanist, the atheist, those, that would be people in that category. God speaks to those people, but they just deny it. Uh, in this account, um, we have a group of people where God sp spoke, and they said it thundered. They have some natural explanation. Somehow this is just a natural phenomena when God speaks. Um, 
So those, those deny it. Then there's those that just disregard it, just ignore it. God's speaking, and they just go about their, their business as if nothing happened. And then there are those who would distort it. And that's where you get your varied false religions of the world. Uh, they're not somehow they're not being honest with what God has said and they come up with something that's a distortion of what was really from the voice of God. So we might ask ourselves then what are some of the things that are communicated by this universal speaking voice of God? Now we're not you know we're not talking about the Bible here. We're talking about the voice of God that everybody hears, even the person that does not have the Bible. What do they hear from this speaking voice? Well, the primary thing, the overarching thing that everything else will flow from is this one thing. This is what they hear. God says, I am. I am. God is constantly proclaiming to everybody that he is. I'm here. Now with that comes, and you can't really separate them, is just the fact, not just I am, but I am God. I am the only God. I'm the Lord. That snake is not God. The sun is not God. The moon isn't. The whole universe isn't. And you're not. God's telling people that all the time. I am, and I am God. I am the only God. Number three, I am absolutely good and just and glorious beyond comprehension. You don't have to have the Bible to know that. That God's good, and that He's just, and that He's glorious. Another thing He proclaims, this speaking voice that we're talking about, He proclaims that I designed the universe. And right along with that, I designed you, and you're different than the rest of the universe. And with that comes the realization, the voice, God's voice, speaking voice, lets people know that they should glorify Him and be thankful.
You don't have to have the Bible to know that. God's glorious and you should glorify Him. And you should be thankful. Now, if you don't agree with me on some of these, tell me afterwards. I think I can back these up scripturally. I think another thing that God speaks to everybody is that you were made to have a relationship with me, a loving relationship with me and with others. Another thing that God speaks is that you do not have that relationship with me, that right, loving relationship with me, and you don't have it with others either. Another thing that God speaks is that he is very concerned about that. He's very concerned about the way you live. You don't have to have a Bible to know that. God's concerned about the way you live. Another thing that God speaks to people everywhere is that you must give an account to me of the way you've lived. Right along with that, because you have denied, distorted, or disregarded my voice over and over, you're worthy of death. You don't have to have a Bible to know that. Because you've disregarded my voice over and over again, you're worthy of death. And then lastly, because you are made in the image of God, you're God-like, you're not God, but you're God-like, the grave is not the end of your existence. Now, I think you could add to that list probably, and you may want to question me on some of those but I at least have tried to be biblical in terms of things that I, I believe the Bible teaches us this is what we would normally call general revelation the speaking voice of God to people everywhere that, that do not have to have a Bible to know those things that I just went through Well, how? That's, that's what is being said, at least some of what God is saying to people. How is this voice heard? Well, I've listed four ways here. 
And uh, again, this this could be added to, I'm sure. First way God's voice is heard is God's voice in nature. Job 37. Verses 1 through 5. At this also my heart trembles and leaps from its place. Listen closely to the thunder of his voice and the rumbling that goes out from his mouth. Under the whole heaven he lets it loose and is lightning to the ends of the earth. After it, a voice roars. He thunders with his majestic voice. And he does not restrain the lightning when his voice is heard. Now, over and over, it's called his voice, but he's talking about lightning and thunder. God speaks. God speaks in natural phenomena. And the writer here uh, is talking about God's voice in the thunder. God thunders with his voice wondrously. You go out into a thunderstorm, God's speaking. God's saying something. Anybody that hears it, anybody that hears it, hears something about God when they hear that thunder. Do, it says, God thunders with his voice wondrously, doing great things which we cannot comprehend. We know this is beyond us. Just to hear the thunder, we know it's beyond us. It's God speaking. People have no excuse for not bowing down to God even in a thunderstorm. So we're talking about God's voice in nature. The well-known one, of course, is uh, Psalm 19. We'll read it just for the purpose of uh, hearing it one more time. Psalm 19 the heavens are telling of the glory of God. We're talking about God talking about his glory. And he says, you just look up at the sky. The heavens are telling about that. The heavens are telling of the glory of God. And their expanse is declaring the works, the work of his hands. Day to day pours forth speech. And night to night reveals knowledge. So look at what he said here. It uh, talks about telling of the glory, declaring the works, pouring forth speech, revealing knowledge. Then it says something kind of strange. There's no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. So he's talking about speech, and then he's talking about no speech. What's he saying? Well, he's saying this, this doesn't, didn't come by way of the, the ear where you're hearing words. Nevertheless, God's speaking. Their line, or it can be translated, their voice has gone out through the whole earth. Now, if God, if God was speaking to uh, m mankind in Hebrew here, you guys and I wouldn't understand it. But he's not speaking in Hebrew. He's using his universal voice, and we all understand it. It's telling about his glory. He's telling about his glory. The sun... In the day, the sky 
in the day. Day says day to day pours forth speech. Go out at night. The stars, the moon, they're, they're, they're proclaiming. It's revealing knowledge about God. Their line has gone forth. Their voice has gone out throughout the whole earth. And their utterance to the end of the world. In them he has placed a tent for the sun. Well, gone out throughout the whole world. His utterances, those utterances go to the end of the world. You're not going to go, you can't go anywhere and not hear God speak. I mean, you go somewhere where there's no sky. You might say, well, I wouldn't hear that. Well, you'd hear him some other way. But, he, but right here, say, the, the writer here is saying it's all over. You can't avoid it. The speech of God. Uh, it's talking about in nature here. The, the rains that grow the crops, the, the harvest, the fruitful seasons... They, they're, they're, they're proclaiming God's goodness, God's uh, kindness and benevolence to the sons of men. That's what Paul was telling the people in Acts chapter 14, um, verse Kind of um, Paul speaking here, trying to explain to these people that they're what they've been worshiping was wrong. Uh, they're, they're vain uh, idols. They told them they should turn from these vain things to the living God, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all things in them. And in generations gone by, he permitted all nations to go their own ways. And yet he did not leave himself without witness. He was speaking to these people in generations past before they uh, heard any apostles or had any Bible. God was still speaking to them. Um, he uh, did not leave himself without witness in that he, he did good and gave you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. So God was speaking to these people for generations and generations and generations long before Paul showed up to say anything to them by giving them, he says, rains. He did good for them, gave them rains and fruitful seasons. Uh, we can expand on that. You see, those are just a few examples. But... When you look at a, a flower, one little flower with the sun shining down on it, God speaking, a leaf, a bird singing, what's, what's that? That's God speaking. He's telling you some things about what he's like. He likes songs. He didn't have to give us birds that sing. He likes He likes songs. The structure of the DNA molecule. God's speaking. The scientist looks through there and sees an incredible, complex, amazing structure. What's that? Well, that's God speaking. Say, I like to do little things that are neat. Far beyond your ability. 
just look around. God's speaking, you see. You don't, I mean, you don't have to pick out one thing here or there. Everything, God's speaking. This is my Father's world. All nature sings and round me rings. The music of the spheres, everywhere. The little bug crawling across the sidewalk. Look at it close. God speaking. So, in nature. Next, God's voice in our nature. That was nature out there. But God's voice in our nature. Our conscience would be one place where God speaks. Uh, Romans chapter 2. And uh, verse 14. For when Gentiles who do not have the law do instinctively the things of the law. What's that? What's this, what's this thing instinctively? Well, God's put some things right down inside of you. Do instinctively the things of the law. These not having the law are a law to themselves. In that they show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience bearing witness, and their thoughts alternately accusing or else defending them. So the conscience that God has put you, that you mean con- we are constantly being spoken to by God because of the way he's made us. You can't avoid it. You can't, there's no way you can avoid the voice of God. Even if there wasn't any external, external universe to speak to us, if we were just floating around out in space with nothing to look at, God would still be speaking to us because of the way we're made. It's, it's unavoidable. God speaks to us in our troubles, in our difficulties. Now, this is kind of one that kind of blends together the external and the internal. Uh, Let's turn to Psalm 42. David was in some troubled times here, had people uh, that were his enemies and people who were saying things, where is your God, type of uh, accusations. Well, anyway, in the midst of all this, he says this in verse 5. Why are you in despair, O my soul? He's speaking to himself, speaking to that inner person that he knows is there because that's the way God made him. Why are you in despair, O my soul, and why have you become distressed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. O my God, my soul is in despair within me. Again, there's that inner 
person that God has made. Therefore, I remember thee from the land of Jordan, from the peaks of Hermon, from the Mount, from Mount Mizar. So here he is by the Jordan River and looking at the mountains and things. So there's the external. And then he says, deep calls to deep at the sound of thy waterfalls. I don't know if I'm along the Jordan there. There's some little, little waterfall. But that, that external thing that he was looking at, spoke, spoke to him in relationship to what was happening in his life. And it was like that, that external uh, creation that he was looking at, the waterfall, reminded him. Deep calls to deep. In other words, uh, he, he was made to think of the fact that God is there with him. And, and his spirit was crying out to God in the midst of all the troubles and trousers. All thy breakers and thy waves have rolled over me. It was a, an expression of the reality of God externally and internally. And just bring, being brought to the realization that whatever the situation I'm in, God's bigger. God, don't get in despair, soul. Don't worry. God's here. So I think to me this one is kind of a, a one that could go in either category. But it, it is the voice of God, I think, in our nature. Not just in external nature, but in our nature. Deep calling to deep at the sound of thy waterfalls. The one reminded him of the other. So... The voice of God in our nature. And you could go off into so many areas here that God speaks to us constantly. And the fact that we're made in the image of God. Any time you talk to anybody, it's a, it, you know, you are representing the reality that God is a speaking God because He's made you in his image and you're capable of speaking to somebody else it's it's it, it you can't avoid it see I, what i'm trying to get at you cannot avoid the voice of god he speaks to you every time you say anything to yourself or to anybody else so god's voice in our nature god's voice in nature god's voice in our nature god's voice in the natural consequences of sin. God has a voice in that too. In the natural consequences of sin. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 8. God is speaking to us externally in the, in, the, in the universe. He's speaking to us internally in our own nature. And he's speaking to us just as we just walk through the streets and ab observe what's going on, what's happening in life. God's speaking to us in those things. Does not wisdom call and understanding lift up her voice 
On the top of the heights beside the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand beside the gates at the opening of the city, at the entrance of the doors. She cries out, To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O naive ones, discern prudence. O fools, discern knowledge. Listen, for I shall speak noble things, and the opening of my lips will produce right things. For my mouth will utter truth. What's this wisdom? This is God speaking, you see. What is this wisdom that he's talking about? It's God speaking to people throughout the day, throughout their encounters with other people, throughout the situations that he puts people in. And one of those ways that he does that is that we hear him speak through the natural consequences of the sinful behavior of other people. If you skip on down to the end of the chapter, verse 32. Now, therefore, O sons, listen to me, for blessed are they who keep my ways. Heed instruction and be wise, and do not neglect it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at my doorposts. For he who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord, but he who sins against me injures himself. All those who hate me love death. Consider God is saying to us, as we see what people do who live foolishly and naively, and don't live in accordance with the voice that God speaks to them, consider the consequences of that. We see it all the time around us. You can't walk through the street without seeing it. And God's speaking to you when you see that. It's a witness he's given. You're walking through the alley, and here's this disheveled, drunk God says look I'm speaking to you look at this you read in the paper of the rock star that dies of the overdose God's saying I'm speaking to you I'm speaking to you or the the, the movie star that everybody thought had everything. They just went out and killed themselves. What's God saying? He's saying, consider the consequences of sin. Or the person that has this sexually transmitted disease because of their promiscuity. What's God saying? He's saying, Listen, listen, this is, this is what happens. There's consequences. That's God speaking. 
And those are even, you know, just some of the more extreme examples. It's all over, everywhere, all the time, God's speaking to us. If we would just look and, and, and listen to what he's saying through what's happening in people's lives. Okay, so God speaking in nature, God speaking in our nature, God speaking through the natural consequences of sin, and then God's voice in the natural longings of our hearts. That it could be kind of combined with the second one, God's voice in our nature, but I wanted to kind of separate this one because this is one that we don't talk about as much, and really it's one of the biggest things. God speaking in the natural longings of our heart. And for that one, I would use Ecclesiastes chapter 3, where we're told... He said, he has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also set this, verse 11, Ecclesiastes 3.11. He has also set eternity in their heart, yet so that man will not find out the work which God has done from the beginning even to the end. He set eternity in their hearts. Everybody's heart. If you're, if you're alive... God set eternity in your heart. And I, I really think this is one of the biggest ones, even though we don't think about it very much, and I don't know if I can convey the, the thought very well of what, what I think this means. God gives us glimpses all the time. They may seem little, but they are very important, and they are all, always coming to us. Little glimpses of people living like God made us to live before the fall. Little glimpses of what we were really made for. Little glimpses of eternity and what God... God intended for his creation. If you see two people that love one another, God speaking to you, that's, that's, the way, that's the way it should be. That's the way I want people to be. That's the way you should be. If, if, if you see a a movie that is excites you because of the adventure. Now, that can go off in a bunch of different wrong areas, but there's a rightness. God, life was made to be adventuresome. It's, it's made to be exciting. Why do you like exciting movies? Because that's the way God made us to be. That's the way he made life to be. And God's speaking to you, even in a a movie like that he's saying something to you might be a romance I mean I don't get off too much on movies here but why do you why, do, why does my wife like those kind of movies <laughs> because there's something right about it it's something about the way God made us to be we were supposed to be romantic 
That's the way, I mean, it gets all messed up because of sin, but it doesn't have to be that way. It wasn't that way before the fall. Those natural longings, you see, that's God speaking to you. Heroism, that's another thing, you know. You read a book about some great hero. Why does that do something to you? Because that's the way we were meant to be. We were meant to be heroic. Courage. Why do we get moved by a a movie or a book or a poem or something that speaks to us about courage? Why does that move us? Because that's the way God made us to be. We know we're falling short, but that's the way God made us to be. See, it's, it's part of what God's put on our hearts, that longing of our hearts. And uh, acts of kindness, acts of sacrifice, those kind of things. And you could name so many other things. I mean, God is speaking to us constantly, all the time. And we miss it so often. But every once in a while, we, we, just, we just realize, wait a minute, that's God. You know, that's what God, that's what God's like. That's what God wants me to be like. Uh, Poetry, why why does poetry move us the way it does certain poems or a song? I'm not even talking about a Christian song. I'm talking about just a song that has something in it that rings true to you. It may have been written by a non-Christian. It's still, it's still ringing true. There's something in that song. That's God. That's God speaking. Well, you know, I spoke earlier, uh, like just looking at the flower um, and seeing, you know, God speaking to us there of his, his love for beauty. But if, if someone writes about that beautiful flower, that's an amazing thing. And God can speak through that poem or, or somebody paints that beautiful flower. God can speak to you through that painting. It's incredible. God is he's talking to us all the time. That little purple pink flower that you you can walk over and not even notice somebody else looks at it and writes a poem about it and you realize man I miss that little thing and there it was and that guy saw it I'm glad he saw it praise God he saw that flower because now I can appreciate the flower better I read the poem I, I don't know if you're um I know I'm not conveying very well what I'm trying to convey, but God is speaking all around. That's all I'm saying. God's speaking all around all the time. Uh, And we need to ask him to open our eyes and ears and understanding more and more to hear what he's saying to us. Well...
Um, I'm going to do it. Uh, you know, if it doesn't mean anything else to anybody, it means something to me. And uh, what I was trying to convey is something of what I've been talking about here. I wrote this a long time ago, so... Uh, so I wrote it a long time ago. <laughs> Lay your head softly down on the breast of mankind. Be still. Let the world sound through your mind. The song of life, the sigh of death, the beating heart, the expiring breath, the symphony, the sonnet, the clash of war, these shall you hear, these and much more. The joy and sorrow, the passion and pride, as powerful as the thunder, as persistent as the tide. Again and again in unceasing refrain of laughter and crying, of pleasure and pain. And the greatness and the grandeur, the petty and the base, resound through the soul of the whole human race. Listen. Listen closely and count it as wealth, for the things that you hear are the sounds of yourself. So lay your head softly down on the breast of mankind. Be still. Let your life sound through your mind. Yet with hands over ears, we try not to meet the voice of wisdom as she cries in the street. And though we hear, we heed not the truth God imparts through the voice of his image sounding deep in our hearts. A little lower than angels, we have sunk to the clod. We know not our, our world, ourselves, or our God. Lay your head softly down on the breast of mankind. Be still. Let eternity sound through your mind. The point is, is that God is speaking all around in everything, and we just need to listen. We need to listen. And uh, if we would listen... Even without the Bible, there's a lot we can learn about God. And God would, if we would listen, would then bring us on. And we will be accountable for those things, even apart from the Bible. We'll be accountable for those things that are all around us every day. Well, all right, I'll stop. If you haven't read The Pursuit of God, I hope you will and take a little special time on that chapter, The Speaking Voice.